I've had two of Alex Jones protein drinks. I can continue. <laughs> um, They're made from the grinded up bones of lizard people who have infiltrated the Democrat Party. <laughs> Interdimensional lizard people. He has some whack views, dude. I'm it actually sorry. It makes me whack. like him more. That's if it weren't nuts. for his his crazy, uh, I think racism and um, oh yeah, nationalism, <laughs> I really do really enjoy those conspiracy theories. Some of them. I didn't think Pizzagate was that fun of a conspiracy to follow. He had some of one. What was it? I think he was the guy who said the water's making us gay. And I was like, yeah. well, duh. Yeah, <laughs> it's always. <been. laughs> I was like, I've uh, been drinking that water for forever. Do you want to say the welcome thing? Oh, uh, welcome to Tales from the Ditch. Um, if you haven't been listening, um, I rebuke you. I don't know what your problem is at this point. Like, you're either on board. Oh, what do we always hear in in youth ministry? Get in the boat. Get mm-hmm. on the boat, or you get know. on. The, get in the van. Get. get the Wait, van. that's no. That's something different. That's Henry Rollins. All right, that's a wrap. We um, got this. That was you know a- what? <laughs> that was a spike. Uh, you know, we like to have fun on here. We like to have a good time and discuss things that are important to us. Uh, sometimes we get serious, but unfortunately, actually, right now, it's probably a good time to get actually seriously serious. <laughs> You're laughing, but... um, Like, there's a difference between people who are cautious or maybe investigating things and people who are affirming things. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, uh, I watched a disturbing video and, you know, I usually like to defend kind of more of the left leaning liberal side of things a little bit from my Christian perspective. Uh, but this kind of went too far. I saw a video the other day where, uh, you know, Tina Fey and Fred Armisen and, um, and Steve Martin. Okay. And they're obviously, you know, they're in showbiz, SNL, more kind liberal, of more of that yeah. liberal thing. So I kind of expected this, but I was actually really disappointed, uh, because they affirmed, uh, that they thought cake was better than pie. No, really? Really? And I just want to make sure that we officially have distanced ourselves from them. Yeah. I, I've really enjoyed everything they've done this far, but I, I just can't uh, can't support them anymore. No, we can't conduct. And you know what? Sometimes people make wrong calls. Like there was a time that people supported, you know, Rob Bell and others in some views, and or you know, uh, we just can't. No, I can't line up with that. Look, I'm open to a lot of things, but you do have to have a standard at the end of the day, and that just, I don't know. Now, hope hope's not lost. They can come and repent. They and, can repent. And, I just and, don't. We will all embrace them with open arms. You just ask yourself, like, how did their theology get that bad? Where yeah, did like, they, what happened as a kid? What you know? really, like, is going, like, has Steve Martin murdered people? I think, yeah. I'm starting to, I, I mean, do, does anyone want to dispute that now that he's murdered people on the streets of LA at night, craving their blood and souls, worshiping the dark Lord Globnar? Does anyone dispute this now? I could just see, uh, Fred Armisen in like a ho, in like a hotel room, a nice hotel room, but he's just destroyed it. 
and he's just looking in a shard of a broken mirror that he used with his that he broke with his head. Yeah. And he's just got this small shard and he's looking at himself in the mirror and he like can't wash the the cake frosting off of his no. hands like they won't come off like Lady Macbeth. And it's just a it's just a sad dark state for these poor people. Have you seen the episode of Portlandia where he's addicted to pasta? <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's so good. He's like heating up a pan of pasta with a lighter. She comes in and he goes, go away. He's so like, good. don't look at me. He's like, I have a problem. And he even goes behind the sheet and it shows a shadow. He goes, do I look like a fat guy? She's like, yeah, you do. <laughs> He's like trying to get hits of pasta. He's like filming people eating pasta. Oh, gosh. John Poor the Baptist so was good. a greater Armisen. Mm. Mm. That's, mm. that's what reform guys do. This is why I like someone says something, they go, mm. Mm. when, but what if we just found something delicious? What if you were eating a snack in church? Harvey's like, blah, blah, blah. You're all, mm. Mm. And you were just eating pie. <laughs> mm. Amen. I mm. had this thing, this candy that's from Minnesota called a nut goodie or something like that. <laughs> go on. It's amazing. And I've never seen them before. And somebody I worked with was from Minnesota. And she gave out these nut goodies for Christmas time. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And maybe I was meant to live in Minnesota. I like cheese curds. What's cheese? Have I had those cheese curds? I don't know. If you haven't, you're missing out. It's like cheese forms into curds. And then in order to like ship it out, they kind of like, I think shape it into like a cube or a wheel or something like that. How you buy cheese in the store. Mm-hmm. But it's like one less step of processing. And there's like still, it's weird. Like they're just like randomly shaped curds of cheese. They're just super good. They're way different than regular cheese somehow. I want to ask a question that will define us for the next 20 years. <laughs> and it is. Why is it working gets canceled, but Darman Greg gets 20 seasons? Oh, my gosh. I mean, if you really... Hey, Tyler, post mill, huh? I mean, no. I want to ask a serious <laughs> yeah. question. All right. And this goes out to audience. If you want to answer it in email, because I think some people could. Some people might not. They might think I'm a barbarian for this. What is... <laughs> what is... The worst fist fight you've ever been in, and that could be you got beat up, that could be the outcome, whatever. And what is the best fist fight you've ever been in? Ooh, I would like to hear some of those stories from the listeners. I want to ask Sean first. Oh, are you asking me that? Yes. And well, listeners, feel free to email in. I want to especially see these homeschool kids. They're yeah. like, it was my sister, seventh grade. No, not. Man, I'm such a child. Um, Go ahead. Okay. Worst fist fight first and then best. Worst fist fight. First of all, we haven't gotten any negative emails about Tyler and his post-millennialism. I just wanted to point that out. That's So cool. if you're out there, please represent yourself and support me in email format because everybody so far I thought we would not... from what he said about weed. Oh my I thought gosh, that everything. I thought that was going to tickle a few people's nethers. Nobody's the wrong done anything. <laughs> exactly. That's our new term, nethers. Uh, okay. Worst fist fight ever. Um, I think you might've been there for this one. I was young. It was like, so it must've been 
third, fourth, fifth grade, something like that. I met you in fourth. So. And we went down to the park by Lena Juniper Elementary. And I was actually being a jerk, I think. And these kids were playing baseball. Like a whole baseball team of kids. I wasn't there, but you told me. Eight, You've eight told kids, me. kids, yeah. So it was like it was like an older kid and a bunch of little littler kids. So let's say let's say I was nine. I'm probably right about that. Nine or ten or something like that. The older kid was like thirteen and all the little kids were like between six to eight. And uh I was just hanging out at the park, um, kind of watching their baseball game because they were playing a baseball game on the baseball diamond. I was kind of watching it, but I was kind of being loud and obnoxious because that's kind of how I got attention or something like that. I don't know. And somebody was with me. I thought it was you. Maybe it was somebody else. And, uh, and we were just being loud and obnoxious and jerks. Not, I don't think, related to this baseball game, but I'm pretty sure the kids thought we were making fun of them or the guy thought we were making fun of him or something because they said, hey, you, shut up. And I was like, what? I was like, it's a free country. I'm on the other side of the fence. I can do what I want. I don't have to shut up. And all of a sudden it was on. And the older kid comes over. He goes, you come on this side of the fence and I'll show you uh, whether or not you're going to shut up. And I was like, oh, really? (laughs) And so I think I climbed the fence or I walked around the fence and I came over there. And I was like, what, dude? Like, I have a right to say what I want. And I felt super brave. And then all of a sudden, crack, I felt a bat on the back of my neck. And then I went down and all of the kids, like eight kids, were just like kicking me and punching me and dropping elbows on me. And then the older kid was holding me down while they did it. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I was like bloody and crying. And I was like, where did that come from? What happened? And I remember I kind of like, I was like, fuck, get off me. And like I pushed them all off and ran away. And, um, and my mom happened to be driving by and she saw me all bloody and she was like, what happened? And I was like, all those kids beat me up. (laughs) And I remember I was crying at the time, (laughs) but I said it like probably so sad. And she looked at the kids. She goes, those little kids. And I was like, you don't understand this situation. And it was so sad. And I was with somebody that I thought was you, but I can't remember who it was. I was stabbed him. That wasn't me. You and told me about so this. it was so embarrassing. Maybe it was before you came. I can't remember. But either way, my friend just saw me crying and saw my mom's questioning look that I got beat up by little kids. And uh, that was the worst, probably the worst experience. Worst fist fight I've ever had. I never even got to throw a punch. That's what makes it the worst. Because I wasn't going to punch a little kid. should have right <laughs> Now I know. Now I'll punch anybody. It doesn't this matter. is America. <laughs> what? What's your best? Uh, best fight. Um, you know, I was expected you and me to get in a really solid bar fight where one of us gets a scar that goes over our eye or something like oh, that. Oh, that is a regret. Yeah. But that's never happened. Um, you and I have had some really good fights where we fought together, but I think my best fight, I would say like most effective fight was when I broke a kid's nose and that was in middle school. And so you and I went to different middle schools. So that's the problem 
If you and I went to the same middle school, we would have owned that I school. I would have gone suspended <laughs> yeah. several times. But separated. <laughs> we were not the most popular kids. But if we were together... Uh, yeah. We would have been gangbusters. So, we would have been like Def Jam comedy. We would have torn it to pieces. <laughs> <laughs> this, so this one time, I was hanging out at Smith's with all these other kids that I hang out with um, at the time that weren't you that went to Mendai Middle School in East Sparks, as far away as you could possibly get from your middle school mm-hmm. in West Reno. Clayton. Yeah. Home of the stabbings. <laughs> Home of the bars on the windows. Yep. So Mendai was a super nice school, and it didn't have any crime problems or anything like that that I know of. Anyways, um, this kid uh, named Derek, who I actually went to element, I went to Lena Juniper with Derek, but I didn't see him for a long time. Was it Chisholm or no? No, different Derek. And, uh, but we never rebonded once he came to my middle school. He showed up and he started, I don't know how this fight started, but him and Willie Wesley started shoving each other. And, uh, you remember Willie, right? Little Willie. He, so, uh, they started shoving each other and I walked over and I was like, look, dude, that's my friend Willie. And you're like a foot taller than him and you don't mess with him. And he goes, oh, really? He goes, are you telling me what I can and can't do? And I was like, I'm, t- I'm not telling you anything except you can't mess with my friend Willie. And so him and I start shoving each other. And I was like, dude, I was like, I- you have one more shove until we start throwing punches. So you can either shove me now or start throwing a punch. But that's how it's going to go. And so he did. And we started punching. And I remember I had this girlfriend at the time who drove me crazy and I couldn't stand her. She says, so me and this Derek kid are like actively fighting and we're doing, we're, we've like got our hands up and we're working on footwork and we're like (laughs) jabbing and we're like doing all the right stuff, you know? And she says to my friend, Mitch, rest in peace, Mitch, help him. Right. Something like that. Yeah. She goes, Mitch, jump in and help, help Sean. And I'm like, you're my girlfriend. You're supposed to like respect my masculinity and believe that I'm tough. And you're saying that I need help from Mitch. And, uh, and I, I remember I summed up like all the Kurt Russell that I had in my middle school voice. And I was like, no. And I pushed Mitch back and I was like, I'm handling this. And me and him exchanged a couple of more times. And then I got him with a combo and I, the hook hit him right in the nose and there was blood everywhere. His nose like exploded with blood. And there was blood all over me and all over him. And I wasn't sure if I was bleeding. I knew he was bleeding, but I wasn't sure if I was bleeding too. And that he like dropped. And that was it. And um, so I went into Smith's and washed all the blood off. And it turned out it wasn't mine. It was all his blood. And I was so happy. And I remember like I was just never happy uh, with that girl again because she doubted me. And then... Also, uh, I found out posthumously that uh, I had broken his nose, and it made me feel fantastic. And this happened off school ground, so there was no... Struck him down like an angry Norse god. (laughs) I did. That was probably where things went the best. And I say that because I broke somebody's nose, and they didn't... I didn't have anything, no black eye or anything. Uh, So I think I came out as good as I'll ever come out in a fight in that one. 
Yeah, I think you told me about that one because you were happy and pissed. Yeah. But I was proud of you. I was pumped. I told my older <laughs> brother, Jeb, he's like, that's right. <laughs> he had whiskey probably at the time. I was like, aren't you 15? <laughs> what yeah, about me, yours? Let me see. Ah! I just inhaled a tobacco piece in my mouth. Um, worst, let me see. Well, let me ask you something. Um, should worst be worst fight, worst group fight, or worst one on one? Because those are different. For Ooh, me. yeah. Um, I'll let you decide, America. For your fight specifically, I want to hear about your worst one-on-one fight. Hmm. And I like I can think of a few and you might surprise me cuz there's a bunch of fights you've been in that I don't even know about. But um <laughs> and the police. I would say fights where it was officially one-on-one. Okay. Um jeez. Okay. Skin on skin. So I think it's because this one has nostalgia. Um, and you know about this one. It's uh, fifth grade. And I've never let this one go. And it's because my dad was watching. That's why. So um, I'm like trying to smoke this pipe like old Englishman. So we had a friend who up at the ditch got mad at me for something. I don't remember what. I was always saying something stupid. And he tried to wrestle me. I thought we were kidding. But I guess we were really fighting. And the next day at school, uh, he wanted to fight me. Um, he became a pro baseball player, actually. Yeah, he owes us money, too. Does he? For what? We all said, like, if we ever get rich, we're going to help support the other guys. He did get rich, and I haven't seen a dime. Did we say that? See, I don't remember pledging anything, because I didn't think I'd get rich. Yeah, I think we did. But, uh, so he he tells everyone he wants to fight me after school. And I'm going, I, I don't know if I want to fight. Because I can only fight if I lost my temper. And I'm thinking, like, well, one, he's bigger than me. But two, I was like, well, maybe he'll still be my friend. I'm not sure why yeah, he's mad Yeah, you didn't have any beef with him. I wasn't sure why he was really mad at me to his day. And we meet out there. And I'm like, hey, man, what's the problem? And mid-sentence, he punched me in the face. I was like, hey, you know, you, what's the deal, dude? And he punches me again. So finally, I try to tackle him. And he throws me aground, punches me again. And gets broken up. And it wasn't even that long, but I get up and I look over. My dad's pickup truck is there to pick me up. <sighs> and he wasn't there for any of the fights I won. But the one where I don't even land a shot, he's there. And I found out he had a rough graveyard shift the night before. So I get in the truck and he's like, why'd you let him take you to the ground? And he just drives home. And I'm like, okay. So we get home. He brings it up again and like lectures me a little. And he was like disappointed. So I put in my mind from then on, I was like, every fight I get into, I'm going to fight 100% even if they're my friend. Like my dad's watching. I Yeah, like my dad's. I'm going to fight hard. I will pick up a rock. I'll headbutt him. I'll bite him. I'll pull a knife if I have to. But I was like, if I lose, I'll be disgusted with myself. And, and, and I can remember every fight I've lost because I had such an idolatry and insecurity about it that I remembered that day. I mean, I had times where you saw... Sixth grade, there was a fight. I got knocked down first. That's how fight started. And I got up. I think it was that Taylor kid grabbed him and started swinging back. But it started out with him knocking me down. 
Because I was like, no, I, I can't. I just had in my mind, I was like, I have to show I'm not weak. Yeah. I have to. And there was always stages like that. Then I remember when and, I met people who actually knew martial arts and they beat me, then I was like, all right, now I need to beat these guys. It was always like another level to it. Can I just say, too, like, I can't imagine the trauma of your dad watching it and everything, but it's not like he fought that gloriously. He punched you one time in the ear. And they, I mean, every shot when you're like 10 years old is like aiming for the face. He got you one time in the ear and the other time he got you like in the thigh and you guys were like going for the face. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's not like he did that great of a job. He didn't No, I appreciate that. But it, yeah, it was mainly that. Cause if I just gone beaten up, fine, gone home, ignored my dad, listened to green day. But yeah, he, it was him seeing him disappointed. I was like, ah, oh, that sucks. That didn't scar me emotionally at all. Mm-mm, no, but, you never acted out because of that. I don't think, um, what my best one, should that be one-on-one or group? Which one? Yeah. One-on-one. Let me think. I kind of want to do both. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got, I think we're past the statute limitations. Then. All right. Best group fight then just since it's uh, a legality problem. How about we do both? Um, so best one-on-one was probably the next one where he knocked me down. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, this is the one. Taylor was uh, a good fight. This was when I was 20. A guy had said, and I'm friends with him now, I got nothing in somebody. Basically, this was the rumor. Him and I had had issues at hardcore shows. And he said, if Seth shows up, I'm beating him up. So basically was like, do not show up to a hardcore show. So I heard this when I was at dinner with all these other, uh, like hardcore and straight edge guys. And, uh, they're like, Oh, so what are you going to do? So I drove to the show cause I heard he had said that <laughs> and I walked downtown and I see him. So I took off my shirt and people tell us wrong all the time. They're only oh, dropped his knife. No, I pulled my knife and then threw it on the ground cause I was tossing all my stuff. And I walked up to him. I think he was surprised I was going to do something. And I was like, you got issue? I started saying some not so nice things. He's like, yeah. And I picked up a chair and hit him with it and started just swinging him. And I connected a few times. He got me a headlock. So I pushed him into a truck and started hanging him in the ribs. And it got broken up. And he didn't land a punch on me. And the reason I think it was good was I legitimately felt like he was calling me out. And I had been bullied when I was younger. He was bigger. They had said, you know, he was this tough guy. And he is. He's, I really do like the guy. Like, I know him now. He's a good friend of mine. But it was the fact of that someone challenged me and I had every opportunity to go, oh, I'm just going to be scared. And that's what it was about. It actually was more for me. I had to know I wasn't just scared that I couldn't let someone just bully me. And um, afterwards, I remember after it got broken up, I picked up a knife and like threatened him. I was like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> But he never messed with me again. And I remember, I think it was having all the guys around me just, you know, hey, man, good for you and blah, 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 and getting built up. Because I think it was making up for that a little bit with my dad of like, okay, like yeah. I, I proved it. See, I got called out again, but this time I did. Dad, take that, you Dutch guy. Huh? With your weird mustache. No, I love my dad now. But but uh, I think that was my best one. Best group. Let me guess. Hold on. Can I get two guesses? Two guesses. I guess best group was either Wadsworth or Hilton. 
Wadsworth went wrong. I, I wouldn't say that because that's the one where some some of our we, that's where we lost. Wadsworth, you did you lose? <laughs> Personally, I lo- I feel like <laughs> I feel like I did pretty good, but I no that one went kind of bad. Uh, Hilton was a different guy. I actually wasn't at Hilton. I got blamed for that, but I wasn't there. Oh, I, thought I got you, I thought you were there too. Yeah, I got blamed <laughs> because the guy was named Seth who was there, oh, and he really? used a shovel. Really? Yep. Isn't that weird? That is weird, actually. Yeah. So, and people, if you listen to the statute our sh- of limitations is up. If you want to yeah. actually say that you were there, no, no, no. I, I legitimately you really weren't. I was. I not. was there. I mean, I was there as an onlooker. I thought you, you were, were there. there. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was Johnny Come Lately, and I heard about it, and I was like, because uh, I was in there playing uh, blackjack. And I was like, ooh, fight! And I ran outside, and then it was all over. Uh, but, like, all I saw was people scattering, and I heard about Seth with the shovel, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's my friend. Was not there. I was in California. That's crazy. I had no idea. I thought you were there the whole time. That is interesting. Here's why. They said he has shaved head. His name is Seth, and he used a shovel. And you'll see later, people, if you listen to more of my episodes, why the shovel is important. The shovel is the defining characteristic of your fighting style. It works. It makes that clang sound. Um, I would say really? Yeah, I was not there. Can't believe we've never talked about this before. It was a dark time. We didn't talk a lot during that time. I think I'm trying to think of, cause it's between two. All right. I'll tell two of them. I'm yeah, not trying. I'm not trying to be a Mary Sue here. I'm really no, not. It's okay. I see. Everybody I wants to hear your stories. So, no, I'm going to go with one because I'm not sure if the other guys would appreciate me telling the other one. But the other one, I got a few home runs with a bat. Let's just say that. That was wow. the first time I'd used a bat, and I think I took out four or five guys. Oh, my god! And they were all like neck and face shots. Anyway, oh my so this one, we're up northwest. <laughs> There's going to be people. Uh, some guys could be like, I go to your church. I was at that fight. That was me. <laughs> so we had one guy stand down there alone so that when the guy showed up with his friends, he'd think, oh, it's only this guy. So he has hands up in the park, but in the bushes and trees above, there was 35 of us. Oh, my God. Hockey sticks, bats, machetes. So they all came out and they're like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And like six of them, and they think, oh, and it was more than that, actually, more than six, but they thought, oh, we're going to jump this one guy. And he pulls out Mason, sprays one of them, and the other guys circle around like, oh, we're going to charge him. And then you hear a yell like Braveheart, and all of us come out of the trees and those guys crap their pants. Oh they my gosh. run to their trucks. We're tagging them. They're all booking it. They're all getting out of there. They just ran. <laughs> and That's awesome. we hear vroom, a truck was still there five feet away from us. And we realized there's someone in the truck. He was hiding. He tried to drive away. He drives away. I start chasing him and he turns around, and revs his engine like he's got to run me over. Hmm. And I was like, what? So he starts charging at me and I pick up a recycling container full of beer bottles and throw it and hits his windshield. So he veers to the side and I run away showing him a signal with one finger and uh, he drives away, crashes and something else gets out of there and not one of us got hurt the wow. whole thing. And these were guys who had said, dude, we'll kill these kids. If we see them, we'll show up. And to be fair, we were jerks, but it's like, they weren't saints either. Let me point it this way. We weren't fighting like some nuns on a corner. These were guys who would, same thing, would mouth off, punch people. Some of them had jumped friends of ours. So, fair play. I, I mean, it's 
no one really mourns a lot of the time when a mobster kills a mobster. And right. we weren't mobsters, but it's because you go, well, you know, you kind of knew what you were getting into. So I, I like a society yeah. where physical combat can be a more serious part of it just because, uh, I like to know where I stand. And sometimes it's hard because now it's so passive aggressive and it's so cowardly. Yeah, it's cowardly, but it's even more like, uh, it's like people, it's like it's easier for people to have, um, verbal fitness than physical fitness. Yes. Do you know what I mean? And so it's like an easier battleground. So you fight on the internet or even in person verbally more than you do physically. But you don't have to face the guy. Yeah, and it doesn't take much courage to do that. It takes a lot of courage to fight people. And I know, actually, like, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of detractors saying that, you know, we're glorifying violence and blah, blah, blah. But I got to say that um, you learn a heck of a lot more about yourself in one street fight than you do in, like, one year of college. And you are, I mean, like, having that self-awareness uh makes like the biggest difference in the world i feel like and uh yeah like there's two reasons i think this is important one because seeing seth seth right now is a pastor and i'm not going to say oh now seth wouldn't hurt a fly because he's a pastor Seth is still as violent and mean and dangerous as he ever was. Probably, maybe he's a little softer. Said, I appreciate that, man. I think you would just ask a couple questions. Brothers affirming brothers. Yeah, think about that. This is how you affirm people. Iron sharpening iron. So Seth is not weaker or even less prone to violence now, but I think the difference is now that because he's a Christian, he sees people in the image of God and takes that into consideration before. He hits you with a shovel. And other people at our church that are like staff or pastors at our church, remember, we've been in fights with or like showed isn't that up. Crazy? Well, like I, a guy I would I'm say thinking my of, fuse isn't as short. Uh, there's a lot of things I'll let go now. I, I will say back yeah, then, because if you looked at me wrong in the hardcore scene, and I'm not, I'm not saying this because I was a tough guy. It's just people in society suck so bad fighting. Yeah. Everyone thinks they can fight. It really wasn't because I was tough or that good of a fighter. I just was willing to not hesitate and like throw that punch and, uh, and have a lot of anger. Yeah, go on. Yeah, we fought guys who we go to church with. That's crazy. Yeah, like I'm thinking of one guy who's pretty prominent in the church that we've been in several fights with. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, uh, who whisper? What, what's the initial? Uh, M. This is going to be too obvious. I, I don't want people to go on a witch hunt. I want to find this and out I'm later. Afraid. I'll, I'll tell you later. But either way, like the point is, okay, one time uh, we went to Reno High to help represent this individual in a fight. Oh, no, it wasn't. You weren't there. It was me and Mark. Me and Mark like went to Reno High. You one and Mark Caceres? Yeah, Mark Caceres. That's his last name, Mark Caceres. That's not me. Please. No, Mark Caceres wasn't the one in the fight. Well, we... Uh, yeah. So mm. me and Mark Caceres and another guy with the same initials 
um, all got in a fight at Reno High together because, and me and Mark were like adults. We were like 20 years old, but we went to the L- the high school to represent somebody who was still in high school with the same initials as Mark Caceres. You'll figure it out. It'll come to you. Anyways, it's, it, my point is like, I think it's good to talk about this one because you see the transformation, uh, that has occurred with all of us and you can say, wow, like, um, like there was a lot of, uh, troubled problems. And now, like if, if you got in a fight now, I feel like I could count on it being a pretty good reason to get in a fight. And I think that's it amazing. Would be legitimate. Yeah. If I fought now, cause I've had guys say stuff to me. And I laughed. I'm like, yeah, I, I just don't care. Cause I, I don't care. I'm like, you're calling me a name. Fine. I'll go home to my warm house and yeah. like hang out with my family and wife. Back then, there was, I remember, I one night fought three different brothers. Wow. And I cheated the way I won. Well, actually, you know, in street fighting, there's no cheating. I use strategy. Whatever's possible is possible. But three brothers, all because they had messed with one friend. And I was like, nope. So I got all three of them. But it just, which, by the way, people, headbutts, use them. And not like they do in Hollywood. You yeah, do that, learn to do it right. Yeah, you'll break your nose. Watch Vanderlei Silva. He had butts right, even when it's not legal. Even when it's not allowed in the fight. Brennan, big ups to you. You know what I'm talking about, dog. Big Sponsored ups to Brennan. by Brennan. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, just realizing like the amazing transformation that God has done in our hearts is really good. The other thing, though, is... I really think like fighting is something that men naturally do. Now, I don't think we'll have to do that when sin is, is removed from, uh, the world and from us and stuff like that. But I do think that it's kind of just like part of the natural consequence. And like, uh, it's not always like a bravado thing. It's like, um, like, I fight for my marriage. You know I, what I mean? I once got in a guy's face because he was uh, beating on his girlfriend. And I still don't feel yeah, guilty you about fight, that. I still don't. I th- it's such a big difference when you're fighting on behalf of somebody else than when you're fighting yeah. for your own motivation. Like, and I'm going to actively teach my son. Like, it's okay to get in a fight, but you have to fight because you're trying to help somebody who can't help themselves. You should not be fighting because you're trying to prove something. Yeah, or not a something. pride, like, okay, this is going to affirm my identity. I probably shouldn't put lit stuff out by matches. Um, <laughs> I, I've told Maverick, I was like, you can stand up for yourself when there's injustice, yeah. uh, when someone's got abused you. I told him, so we've taught him, um, there's a book out, I think it's by Holcomb called God Made All Me. I've told Maverick, I said, what do you do if some adult tries to touch your privates? And we're not talking about a doctor checking or something. And he says, I tell him no. I go, what happens if they don't? He said, I go crazy on him. I'm like, that's right. And Maverick knows. Maverick, my son, I'm raising him. Yeah. If some guy tries to touch him, I don't tell him, oh, be nice. I tell him, I'm like, you flip out on that guy and hurt him. Because he's trying to do something. And I don't feel guilt about it. And some people go, well, that's kind of mean. I'm like, well, that's cute you think you're wrong. But that's cute you think that. You can raise him that way. But I'm raising my son 
that I think Christians are supposed to be loving, but I don't think we invite abuse and injustice either. Absolutely. I don't. I have no, I've taught Maverick that for, I've held pads for Maverick. He, by the way, he throws all hooks, <laughs> no body shots. And if you've ever seen him defend his best friend, your son, he gets defensive of your son. Yeah. I once was like, Oh, are we going to go see Booger, you know, your friend or whatever? I say Booger next. And he's like, you talk that way about my friend again, daddy. I get to <laughs> choke you. And I was like, I said word. Yeah. And I was so proud of him. And that tear fell down my eyes. He's all, what dad? I'm all, You've done enough. Well, that'll do, pig. Yeah. That'll do. And I wept bitterly. I, I felt like, uh, uh, with danger, like, and he's still like, I have a hard time explaining things to him because he's still like little and he's got reach though. Your son could have a jab, man. Man, he's so, he hurts me so bad when we play fight. But like, <laughs> I feel like I, I want him to know how to fight, but I also want him to know that like, his worth or value or or masculinity or anything isn't dictated by how well he can fight or mm. how well he performs in any way like the the act of fighting like can be courageous especially when you are under the like the underdog or you um are representing somebody who's the underdog like that's a courageous thing to do that act, I think maybe, maybe choosing to fight, choosing fighting over pacifism for the right reason is what I think like, um, is important. Not the act of fighting itself. If my son fights a thousand fights and loses every one, like it's not going to diminish his value in my eyes whatsoever. But if he always chooses to fight to like represent his small friend or his fat friend that's getting picked on, by skinny kids with great metabolisms and sexy abs. I feel like this is getting personal. <laughs> then I am all all the way supportive of him. And I'll, I'll never say like, oh, you didn't win that fight. And so you are less appreciated or respected, you know? Can I point something out too? Sometimes people only look at W's and L's, like wins and losses. <laughs> I'm using terms. Um, I'm, I'm pouring Gatorade. Um, you have to look at the story of the fight because, dude, I know this guy, Willie, in Thailand. He is one of the toughest guys I've seen from the U.S. I've sparred with him. So he was in Thailand. See, this is how, why you have to listen to the story of the fight. If you look at his record, it just says loss. Bo- pro boxing record, 0-1. and one. Mm. His movie tie record is like 32-11. and 11 fighting ties on their own turf but his pro boxing record is zero and one you know why he got af- offered short notice a fight against a Thai pro boxing champ this is a true story and on the video and he's not a pro boxer he's fighting this guy just standing in front of him round for round swinging on him right and he's taking shots and smiling and he goes come on and he's just swinging on this guy and this is a champ boxing champ and he's going rounds 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 and they stop it but Willie wasn't done. Yeah. And all we see is the loss, but you don't see he short notice fought a pro boxing champ and was just willing to ease all. Yeah. I'll fight anyone anywhere. Yeah. That Willie, takes, dude, that it, takes courage. It's the heart. And that's why I love about Thailand is they'll look at like, you could lose 10 fights in a row, but if you fight with heart, they'll keep booking you. He fought this guy short notice 
And I remember watching going, dude, I am so proud of you. He is a tough dude. If you ever look up, uh, Willie Whipple, um, look up his WFC fights, look up his Max Muay Thai fights. And by the way, if you're in Thailand and you're a non-Thailand guy, you have to almost knock him out every mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. If you're in Netherlands, not nether regions, Netherlands, <laughs> and you're fighting a Dutch guy, the judges most of the time, and this happens in America too. If you're from Reno and a California guy's fighting you, sometimes judges are biased. But Willie Whipple, dude, he is one of the toughest dudes I know. Mm. But he doesn't brag about it. He doesn't walk around like that. Yeah, if you saw this guy, you're like, oh, he just you know seems like a nice average dude. Dude, tough as nails. Yeah. Because, and he even said this, and I remember this. It was the best thing. He said this before my fight, like that where I lost terribly. He's like, I was like, I hope it did good, man. He goes, ah, nah, you're a beast, man. He goes, and don't worry. He goes, records are for DJs. Yeah. And I was like, why? He goes, that's awesome. He goes, you go in there and just fight. And I've seen him go in there with a busted leg and he threw a leg kick with that busted leg. Oh, man. And he seriously was standing, you can't see it, but he's standing in front of the pro boxers, like, come on, just throwing and would knock back down. And he went rounds, I mean, rounds with a champ. And it's just guys like that where I go, dude, you're telling me he didn't learn anything about like weathering a storm or feeling pain or how hard he trains. Like, you gotta listen to the story of it. So when some guy says, oh, I lost a fight. Or if some guy says, I've never lost a fight. All right, ask him this. Say, were the guys your same size? Yeah. Were they yeah. drunk and you were sober? Yeah. Did you punch them when they weren't looking? Did were you, you picking on a fat kid? Yeah, picking on a fat kid. The elephant in the room. Huh? <laughs> were you? Because <laughs> if you think of this, there are guys who say, I've never lost a fight. I go, well, you're 280. You fight guys who are 150. They were younger than you. You punched them while they were talking versus, no, no, no squaring up with a guy your same size or a guy who knows how to fight. Because, dude, some of the fights I've lost, and this is why I actually started training, was I ran into legitimate martial artists, and they just whooped me. So my response was, fine, I'm going to train. You were there the first time I tried MMA. Mm -hmm. Remember, I got choked out like five times, and I said, I want to do this. And it was just because I wanted to see what can I do. And I'm not saying people can't take it to sinful places. I've seen guys do that. Yeah. I've seen them wrap their identity into it. But like, there is something about fighting that the idea you ask yourself, and people don't get this. You go, like, can I do that? How much can I take? How much of a beating can I take and still keep <clears throat> going? Right. Because in my fight, the first time he knocked me down, there was a temptation. Like, I thought there was a split second. I thought, no one would know I'm not really done. Yeah. I could lay down. I could act woozy. And no one would know I'm not done. And I was terrified because I, I hate fighting in front of people I care about. And my dad was in the audience. And I was like, no, I'm not done. So I got back up again. And I got back up two or three more times. Yeah. But is because I knew I wasn't done. And I said, dude, uh, look up Brennan Mishler. Look up. um, Oh, look up Mike Zambitas fighting Chahi. Look up. Dude, Zach Bonnell, he's from Reno. If you look at some of his fights, he did a tournament, I think it was Sweden. And he went into his third, I think it was his third fight against a Russian dude, injured. And mm, still wow. fought that guy. And this guy was a tank. And he's throwing elbows at Zach's forehead and chest, trying to break his sternum and his face. Ugh. And I remember watching Zach, and I was so proud. It just, fighting is... I don't, see, this is, if you, I knew this is going to be something I'd go off on because it's just, it's, and hear me, I'm not the toughest guy. I'm sur- I just feel like I'm surrounded by tough people, but there's something to fighting, man. It's so interesting to see 
because, all right, tell me this. And I'm asking this to especially some guys. When you read about David, these guys who fought like 800 guys by themselves, you're telling me there wasn't, that took heart. Mm-hmm. Caleb. Caleb's like, you send me up the mountain, I'll fight these dudes. Yeah. There just is something, I don't know, something about conflict, man. Well, and uh, everybody hates when I say bring this up. Um, like, go on. Super <laughs> experienced fighter guys hate it, and also uh, complete novices to the area hate it. But the Rocky movies, like, specifically the first movie and the last movie, um, like, and I know it's Hollywood and Sylvester Sloan's not a boxer and everything, but I think something that they show very well is how, how much bravery it takes to get in the ring. Um, and also how, how much heart is important. How hard is the most important thing? You can't and like, teach it. yeah, you can, and you can't teach that. And it's not something like, that you gain through experience. It's like heart is just this real primal thing that some people do and don't have. And like, sometimes you have to actually, can I ask you something? This is a weird thing to talk about, but it seems appropriate right now. Uh, like when we were kids, when we met you, uh, so I met you and instantly liked you and we met when you were in a fight. Um, <laughs> but coincidence, uh, you seemed to me to be born with, um, let me think of how to say this kind of like this natural masculine desire for honor and bravery and courage and overcoming you know what i mean you you were i the second i met you like you had that like you already had almost like a chip on your shoulder like you you desired before anybody even knew what honor meant you were desiring honor and i didn't i i had to learn that like i didn't have that at all Maybe because I drank, I drank a lot of milk. You know what I mean. And maybe there's like that's it, a lot of estrogen. Monsanto. I ate a lot, a lot of soy sauce, and things like that. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Maybe it was my environment. You know, Uh, my dad discouraged fighting, discouraged any type of violence and anything like that. He did, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. And uh, and he, um, yeah, he he didn't. He thought it was the worst thing ever if his son turned out to be somebody who got in fights. And so I didn't have this appreciation, I think for heart or um, like fighting against the odds or standing up for what you believe in and things like that. And you did naturally, or at least you did by the time we met. And I'm, I'm actually kind of curious, like from your perspective as a, semi-functioning adult like where do you think that comes from i do think it's partially how i was raised my dad uh still had a value on like heart on like bravery um and he did he was like a shotokan blue belt right he, no he he almost became a black belt there oh, was a really? video of 
So his sensei, the way they did a black belt test was you fought off three guys bare knuckle. Wow. And there's a video of him. They take turns like attacking this dude. He was some dentist. <laughs> and like, and, uh, I think my dad had value for that because he really saw there was some honor in standing up against people. He saw, he didn't want me starting fights. Let mm. me be clear. My dad hated, he didn't want me to be a bully, but he was like, if someone's being picked on, this was a very actually valuable thing. He valued that my older brother did. And I think the movies we watch, and here's the thing. If you want to see a cool part, the newest Rocky Balboa, not Creed, which, which I like that movie, but it's just called Rocky Balboa. Yeah. Yeah. He at the end gets dropped out and there's a, 15 20 second scene he says he falls down and he goes get up he's like was it you told the kid get up and he's not just picturing the pain he remembers his wife's funeral yeah he remembers every loss he remembers every time he got dropped and that's the thing it's not that i haven't lost i've had even a friend of mine he like knew taekwondo head kicked me showed me i didn't know anything like i wasn't as tough as i thought because i only knew how to fight at that point only when i lost my temper could black out he says, get up, get up. And he's just saying, he goes, what'd you tell him? It's not about how hard you can hit. It's about how you can get hit and keep moving forward and keep moving forward and keep moving forward. And he's thinking about every loss of his life, every job he's lost, every time he was mocked, burying his wife, losing his money. And and that's the thing is the his whole life is in perspective. It's not just as much cheese modes. No, my life has been a fight. And I think I was taught that as value. Now I saw my dad valued it and the movies I've, and, and the men I met valued it. So I think a part of me really saw like, okay, there's something to us as a man, the idea of heart and of fighting and of persevering and not just in a fist fight of showing up to a factory and you work 12 hours and you go home and your kids are there and you're tired and you're just exhausted from a shift. And you still pick up your kid and tell him you love him and you listen to his story and you sit there in the dark and you may not even be appreciated, but you go lay down and know like, no, I made it through a day. Like I fought and, you know, and it was this kind of, that's a good point. That's fighting too. It's that, not just fighting, like yeah. fist fighting. Like if there's guys it's out life. there, yeah. like, yeah, there's no less value. Like if there's a guy out there that's never gotten in a fight, a fist fight, it doesn't mean like he has less worth or value or no, honor. no. Like say, take example. Here's maybe something a guy could get who hasn't been in a fight. Your wife looks at you and is like, "I don't deserve your love. Let's just give up." And you don't want to love her. You don't want to keep going. You're tired, and marriage has been hard, and and you don't get, and you get over there. And you're like, "No, I'm gonna love you," and you fight, and you don't, mm-hmm. you don't flirt with the girl at work, and you do your shift, and you come home, and you're still praying. And you're still pursuing and you're still going and, and, and you're loving people and you get hurt at church, but you still go to church and you get hurt by things and you still believe and you still fight and, and you see life and you look and there's no reason to have hope. And you're still like, no, I'm going to keep going because yeah, life is a fight, man. Like, and, and it's not to make that all about, but I think there was something where I was raised. I think there was idolatry. I think there was sin. I think there was totally, insecurity. Yeah. But I think there was also something I was taught of almost like even that samurai spirit of like, you lost. Yeah, but I stood like 500 to one. I charged in and said, no, I'm not going to be conquered. I'm not going to be destroyed. Uh, I think, and I think this rings true when you watch a movie like Braveheart. Right. You watch a movie like Last Samurai 
uh, minus Tom Cruise, and you go in, Scientology is garbage, and you go in, and there's just something to it about, I don't know, there's when a little, Fern Gully. Fern Gully. There's something, here's what I think is odd, there's something to someone telling you, we're going to do what we're going to do, you need to bow down, you need to submit, you need to bow to something evil. And you stand up and just sock him in the face. <laughs> There's just something about that. It's just of like saying, I defy you. I, I refuse. I don't know. Yeah, just absolutely. I bring it up because like I said, I didn't have that. And, but there was some part of me that needed that or, or that identified with that. So like yeah. when you came on the scene and we started hanging out and we talked about, I can't even think of it. Oh, like you told me about Predator, right? And I remember Predator was a movie that I watched and I was like, um, first of all, I wasn't allowed to watch Predator because it was R-rated, right? And every R-rated movie is bad. And so we, um, so as a kid, I at least would have to sneak off and watch something like that. And so I'd watch them usually in the wrong context. You know how you can watch a movie in the wrong context and it kind of ruins the movie for you? Yeah. So I watched the movie and I, it was like the first maybe 20 minutes and I just thought it was like about a drug, drug lord that they called Predator. You know what I mean? Cause I don't really know what's going on. I see them running around in the jungle and there's these like drug people and, I lost interest in the movie, but then you started to tell me about predator. So I didn't, I don't think I watched predator till fourth grade. You told me about predator and you're like, no dude, it's like this alien and all this stuff. And it's like the most honorable alien in the, (laughs) in the cosmos. And he finally meets his match because Arnold Schwarzenegger is as honorable and has as much heart as him and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, what? That's not the movie I knew about. So I went and watched Predator and I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. And so when I watch things that are granted not the most intellectual movies, you know what I mean? I'll watch Predator or Braveheart or 300 or something like that. And I'm like, uh, I'm like watching them and having this deep kind of emotional catharsis type of thing where I'm like, the Native American guy in Predator. Oh, dude. Cuts yes. his chest so there's blood and so prayer. And yeah, they go, and well, like, he lost. Me. It doesn't matter. No, yeah, it exactly. He was the winner. And so, yeah, exactly. That's exactly my point. That feeling, whatever that is, was something that I needed and that I felt like was introduced to you by me. And I think that's just a part, probably a part of human, a natural part of humanity or a natural part of fallen humanity or fallen masculinity maybe yeah it's certainly not something that needs to exist after jesus makes everything no, correct no, no, because yeah, like yeah. all worship is going to be based on him and like we no longer do those emptinesses need to be fulfilled but i do agree and maybe this is a maybe a part of our hearts that hasn't been transformed from the gospel i have no idea but when i look at jesus i see him fighting uh like literally fighting in the temple when he sits there and makes a whip. He did hit humans with a whip. Dude, the do you know how long it takes to make a whip? And he was sitting there making a whip, and people were probably watching him make the whip, and they're like, I wonder if, he, I wonder if he's going to hit us with this whip. And then they're like, 
no, he won't hit us with his whip. He's like super uh, meek and mild. And then Jesus like finishes the last braid on the whip or whatever <laughs> and stands up. Dude. And he just starts going to town. But in addition to that, he fought, obviously, he fought and defeated sin and death on the cross. But he, which is bravery. That's yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he was brave in the midst of people who were challenging him. Um, he had heart when he went in front of all the people to get baptized. And, uh, John the Baptist says, like, your, my sandals aren't fit to something like that. And <laughs> I don't I think, know verbatim. I know. I'm thinking mean. of the RSCV now. And that's the best idea. You're uh, thinking of the message. <laughs> yeah. He said, yo, dog, I can't baptize you. <laughs> exactly. And Bono's like brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Bono comes up and Jesus is like, can you show me the way? But either way, the, the thing that is super crazy is that I felt like it was this almost divine revelation. Like it's like one thing that I am not grasping for that I, I should be is finding my identity, um, my true identity, my true, I would say, gospel identity. And I felt like I would have a hard time figuring that out if I didn't at least know how I could handle myself against adversity. You know what I mean? So I, it, it makes me curious. Like, I, I'm not saying that, like, you should raise a boy to fight. And if you don't, you're destroying part of that their identity or making it harder just for them raise to them to that. persevere yeah but yeah just raise them to fight the the establishment always because isn't that government. what the bible <laughs> I, I think there is something to and i've thought about writing books on this there is something to the idea with punk rock there's like this thing of like no authority can be corrupt and evil and it's okay to speak out against it and to not just go with the flow and the grain. Now, there's sinful things, but you go, okay. And I think you can find in lots of types of music, hip-hop, all stuff. And I think there is something in Jesus. You see that there's some anti-imperialism, too, of, mm-hmm. no, it's not just supporting an empire or grabbing power. Because he was a guy who, he was most powerful when he gave it up. Yeah. And he had the greatest rights given to him as king of the universe when he surrendered his. Yeah. And and I think, yeah, I think to look at a kid and say, I'm not asking Maverick to be a champ, but to say, look, if there's evil, there's going to take some fortitude and perseverance. That's by the spirit, but to oppose it and it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be hard. And you are going to have that moment where you're terrified. Yeah. Where you want to give up is so much easier to run is so much easier to say, because I had a guy I remember criticize me. He goes, oh, you sucked when you got in the ring. And I did. I was terrified. I had anxiety. The second I heard people cheering, I was scared on my mind. But I remember looking at him and I afterwards I thought, wait, but that guy never got in the ring. He yeah. didn't. He left our gym and started doing something else. I'm all, but you didn't even step in there. Yeah. And it just, and it's easy to be a critic, but it's like, I want my son to persevere. I want him to be able to say, he's like, hey guys, that's, if you don't think there's going to take perseverance when someone says, your views are ridiculous. You're a bigot. You're an idiot. No, our sons are going to have to persevere and go, well, I'm sorry you think that. I still love you, but Christ is still true. Yeah. And yeah. I, I model that for my son, you know, not by like fighting people in front of him. And actually, I think I've seen a lot of dads try to do that to like prove to their son that they're tough. 
um, which is pretty cringeworthy, but, <laughs> and maybe I, I'm that guy one of these days, but so far I haven't had to do that, but I'm just like, I'm showing him, I'll tell him, I'll be like, dude, I don't like going to work, but I do it and I do it well for you. And like, I don't actually want to sit here and watch like goat screaming videos with you, but I do it because, and I'm fighting against every, because the thing is like, there's the funny goat videos, you know what I mean? But he likes the America's funniest videos because I think he likes Carlos (laughs) Rubiera and is it Alonzo or Carlos? Or is, is it Carlos? I thought it was Alonzo Riviera. Is it Alonzo? Gosh, that's so terrible. Carlos Mencia Riviera. We're going to edit I'm that out. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm wrong. But either way, um, he, maybe is it Alfonso? Gosh. Alfonso Riviera Jr., I thought. Dang it. That's embarrassing. Either way, um, Carlos Mencia will steal this from you and make a whole <laughs> tour about it. And then disappear. Thief. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, so like, he he just likes the ones that I don't like. I'm like, dude, there's so many better goat videos than this, but you want the ones on America's Funniest Home Videos, And but I'm still like, and I'll tell him this. I'll be like, dude, I'm fighting my urges to watch these videos with you, but I still appreciate your relationship. Here's an interesting thing. Have you ever considered, you know how the goats like do that screaming, like they sound like people, and they're like, ah! yeah. you know what I mean? What? <laughs> What if the goats are trying to communicate that they're in unbearable pain and they want to be put out of their misery? And all we do is laugh at them when they, they do all that. have Could like ulcers that? and diabetes <laughs> yeah. and we're not helping them. Yeah, they're like, they're screaming because that's what it sounds like. They're screaming in this utter pain and they're like trying to communicate. They're like, kill me. And we just laugh at them. <laughs> You're so cute. Like, How messed up would that be? I think it's true. I'm going to preach that now. <laughs> I I kind of feel bad for the goats a little bit. I don't think they get a. I don't think people can take them seriously. I now that you know what uh, I found out. All right, and we don't have to go too much longer. But do you know sloths? So my son and I were watching seventy two most dangerous animals oh on Netflix. Gosh, yeah. You know, like you do with a four year old. John Mulaney, I love you. Um, sloths when they're going through a jungle are slow. But when they feel threatened, they can actually speed up, and they ripped this lady's finger apart. Really? <laughs> and guess who was listed on the 72 most dangerous animals? It was no a way. certain type of sloth. Because they come in, they're sliding. I'm, I'm going very slow past the mic, if you people can't see, because <laughs> you can't. They will grip your finger, and they ripped off the skin of her finger while smiling at her. Oh, my God. Doing that the, is terrifying. So they're smiling at her. And And she said she was telling him to leave and he wouldn't loosen her grip. And she said she had moved her finger too much. He would have torn apart the bone too. Oh my God. And he finally released, but it was simply because she touched him the wrong way. And these are these slow moving sloth. And this, this is the point I want to bring home to you children. Um, sloth may seem slow and gentle, but they are terrifying and probably under your bed right now. I would check. (laughs) Did you guys make it to the end of that show? We, so there's several episodes. We're on like episode four or five. Oh, wow. And they compete against each other. They say, all right, this is number one. And Maverick even went, what is this crap? How is a Jaguar not one? He's like, come on. And he actually (laughs) threw his water cup. I was like, good boy. Have they had a platypus on there yet? Are those, they're poisonous, right? They're claws or something? They have like 
you know where Spider-Man has his web shooters? Okay, yeah. They have spikes right there. And so they they squeeze you with their hands and there's these little spikes in their wrists basically that are poisonous and they'll kill you. We got to stop them. They they need to be put down. That's another adorable platypus one, hunter. That's my new. See, I just go around hunting platypus with like a Gatling gun, just way overkill. We're gonna actually do a Kickstarter for this platypus hunter yeah. show because I want to see this more than anything. I just walk around and I step on a thorn or something. Oh, I'm like, I have to take an episode off. Well, this is too much, guys. Too much platypus hunter starting in the Nevada desert. I'm just. I'm, I'm looking ju- for platypuses. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just weeping. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do this every day. I can't. It's just too much. They're like, you've literally been filming 15 minutes outside Verdi. I'm like, you don't know, man. They could be here. <laughs> Platypus. Oh, yes. The deadliest animals. Somebody, I know that there's people out there that would like to see this. Can somebody start a Kickstarter page, please? Platypus Hunter starring Seth. I'll film it. Which, by the way, if you don't think they deserve to die, they kneel during the anthem. It's true. They do not respect our country. Do you know that's on you? They're like, oh, I'm going to kneel. I don't care about soldiers. Think about that. You don't want me to hunt those creatures down? Nothing says dissent more than the quack of a platypus. (laughs) Do they quack? Dude, they have those weird... I wonder if they... It's kind of a... I don't know what they do because it's... What is it? It's a bill? Yeah, it's it's a, a bill with a, fur. It's a duck. Do duck they have teeth? Mouth. I don't know if they have teeth, but they don't need. Let's it ask our tech guy. Do we? Do they? Have, oh, we don't have a tech guy. <laughs> yeah. Let's ask Seth. Yeah, I think they do. Hey Seth, can you look up? Do platypuses have teeth? Yeah, I think they do. <laughs> we need a we need a tech guy. Let's get odd job on this. Where? Oh yeah. Uh, so you guys know Troy Hubert has uh, helped us. Uh, Troy, mother Hubert. He's helped us with uh, our intro and outro. Troy Burt, um, for short. Uh, bands like Thrice, Killswitch, and Gage are bands he's never played for. And uh, you can find his work. TroyHubert.com. Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's let's go with that. TroyHubert.com. Um, go fund me for me to hunt platypi. Is it platypi? Platypuses. What, so how do you want to end this, Sean? Because... You know, we got, we, well, let's just, end we've it set a standard by saying, uh, if you have any questions, comments, or didn't we appeal to the, li- oh yeah, if you have any good stories about best or worst fistfight you've ever been in, please email us at talesfromtheditch at gmail.com. If you have any negative feedback, I want to hear Ryan Smith's answer on that. That's good for us too. Yeah. We want to hear about Happy. Ryan Smith on pacifism. We've been saying next week, Ryan Smith. <laughs> For like four weeks now. Where is he? I think he's coming on the Where 16th. Is he? And just so you know, like multiple PhDs, also, he has none of those. Yeah. But he'll be on the show on the 16th. Exactly. But yeah, uh, do email us. Like we want to, I want to know about the fights. Uh, if you have criticism, I don't need that negativity in my life. We appreciate your encouraging emails and emails that, are trying to sell us things, but we would like some actual uh, feedback. Have we gotten emails about selling things? Yeah, you didn't see it. There was one email that's like, hey, I really want to host your podcast. I have a new startup in New York, and it's going crazy, blah, 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 blah. 
Yeah, it was I, ridiculous. I deleted it. You should have got it, though. I we need to I, fix your email settings. Uh, I don't think they're broken. I just think I can not... Because uh, I've had people, they're like, hey, I want to talk to you about this with your podcast. I'm all, oh, well, j- well, I know what you're talking about, but just to make sure we're on the same page, how about you walk me through what you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, we pre- still, we've prepared nothing or planned for nothing. We just kind of sit down and start talking. If we have a guest on... We like to do the opposite of what they want to talk about. Yeah, and so to uh, to end this episode, the following people are lizard people who have infiltrated the government. Sponsored by Alex Jones Protein Drink. Protein Drink. Made from the scales and bones of dangerous reptilian people. It makes you get redder. Makes you get red. His face, I think he's got to have a stroke when he talks, dude. It's intense. I don't know why he's so mad. He's he's rich. What is he pissed off about? System works for him. I hope we get rich. If we can sell a protein drink, if there's a need, if anybody wants to email us about a need they have, we will fulfill that need with affiliate links. This is my retirement. Let's make it happen, people. Also, Platypus Hunter, sponsored by Platypus Hunter on Discovery Channel. And John MacArthur. All right, Tales from the Ditch. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. It's perfect.